Hi, I'm Karen. And I'm Kaz. You are listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Stay tuned for the next hour as friends have fun sharing many insightful gems which will allow you to realize and value that we are all unique. Yes, we are all unique. You're listening to Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Hello, Kat. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Good, thank you. Don't these Wednesdays come around quickly? Oh, they do. And each conversation goes so quickly as well. I know. So, today? I'm really excited today. I think I'm more excited than you, though. No. Okay. No. And this is going to follow on from... Uh, last last week. week's show perfectly, which was it is. Last week was about manifesting, mm-hmm. whereas this week is about the wish. And I'm so excited. We have the creator of the wish game that we're going to chat to today. I know. So I've got let's introduce her. already. Let's introduce her. Today, our special guest is Louise Laffey. She's the creator and CEO of the global phenomenon, The Wish Game. She's a spiritual consultant, speaker and author, a metaphysical mentor with over 20 years' experience. Louise travels the world teaching both individuals and corporations the powerful powerful of wishful thinking in creating a life that you love. I love this already. I know. Her work has been featured by the Chopra Centre US, news.com.au, Mind, Body, Body, Spirits Festival US, UK and Australia, Insight Magazine and the Sun Herald to name just a few. She has shared the stage with some of the world's leading innovative thinkers on metaphysics, including Deepak Chopra, Martha Beck, Jean Houston, and Mike Dooley. We love Mike Dooley. We get his tut notes every morning, every don't we? Every morning. Okay, Kaz. Welcome, Louise. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. Lovely to see you. Oh, we're so excited. So obviously today's theme is called The Wish after your amazing game that Kaz and I and our beautiful uh, friend Kim, the three Ks, love playing. We play it about every quarter. But tell us a little bit about how you created it. Wow. It's a bit of a strange story to be honest, but I literally was woken up in the middle of the night by what I instinctively knew was a big idea and... It's a funny thing to hear, but it's like I get voices in my head and people say it's the crazy people chatting to me, but it's actually the guides. It's the field talking to me nonstop. Yep, we totally get that. It doesn't sound weird to us. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. Some people think I'm totally crazy. Um, And we don't care. We don't care about that anymore (laughs) because we know that the answers are right. So I got woken up in the middle of the night one morning, four o'clock in the morning, and I heard, wake up, this is a really big idea, go and get a paper, some paper and a pen actually get a lot of paper and we've got something to tell you and then I spent the next 20 hours writing and writing and writing and writing and writing hundreds and hundreds of pages of notes and what ended up happening was I was given what I would describe them as pieces of a puzzle so lots of lines of of wisdoms and numerology and name combinations and mathematical formulas and all these sorts of crazy things and at the time, I didn't know what it was. It, but oh, at the end, I was going to say you would have just been writing and thinking, "What did I just write that?" Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> what <does that> mean? <laughs> exactly. And it was the first time I'd ever had that experience mm. where something was. And I, I think a lot of people talk about it being channeled. And yes. I'd heard that. I'd studied spirituality a lot, but yeah. to be really honest, I'd never understood what that word "channeled" meant. Yeah. 
And it means you get given a conscious stream of thought where it comes through so clearly and so perfectly, you just write notes and you don't need to change any of the words. They come to you so perfectly in such clear uh, direction and such precise order that if you went back to try to edit it or correct it, you just know the feeling is it's not right. So I spent 20 hours doing that. And at the end of that, I sat in my lounge room and I had all these piles of paper all around me. And as I said, it was, it was like I got given pieces of a puzzle that I had to put together. And right at the end, I remember saying to the guides, what is this? You know, and, um, and they said, it's the wish. And I was thinking to myself, what the hell is the wish? And, uh, and then I spent the next three months working out what the wish was and putting those pieces together. But, yeah, they were quite crazy at the end of it, 20 wow. hours straight. I didn't eat or drink or have a break for that whole time. I now, was just you completely ha- concentrating. Did you have a family then, kids? No, no. luckily I was by myself yeah, at that I was time. Say that. <laughs> so your partner might have thought it was a little odd. Yeah. No, they picked a, they picked a time where I was on my own. And, uh, but, but I specifically remember the time because when I woke up, they showed me, they told me to look at the clock and it was 4 a.m. 4 a. Oh, I was going to say 3.11. I was going to say, were you looking for something in your life? At that stage, were you at a crossroads of what am I doing or where You know, it's really funny that you say that, Kaz, because yes, it was. I just had come back a few months earlier. I'd been to India for the first time mm. ever. And I'd never been someone who felt that I'd ever go and travel in India. And earlier the previous year, I just, again, got a very clear message, time to go to India. And I remember at the time I'd done a lot of study and and... I think you get to a time in your spiritual sort of what I call your spiritual journey or career yep. in a way. You've studied so much and then you get to a bit of a crossroad. And I remember waking up thinking, wow, I have to go to India. And it was a surprise to me. I didn't expect and to go. And not knowing why you had to go? just Yeah, I did know why. Okay. I really had a very strong sense that I wanted to go and find myself a guru. Okay. And um, it was funny because I remember at the time I'd, I'd run into someone who I'd done some work with and he said to me, you know you're not going to really find a guru when you're over there. And I said, oh, I don't know about that. I feel like I was going to find a new teacher, a, a, a sort of more senior teacher. So I went off and I had a, had a trip and it was amazing. And I did. I had a very special experience. I was lucky enough to be staying in McLeod Gange just outside of Dharamsala. Um, and McLeod Gange, for people who might know it, is where the Dalai Lama's home base temple oh, yeah. is. And um, at the time I was staying in a hotel which was owned by an Aussie and she was an amazing girl. She studied Buddhism and she says to me one day, oh, we're all going to go over to the Gutu Monastery. And I knew about the Gutu monks. They'd come to Australia a lot and I'd done some yeah. some study and work with them. And out of the blue, I got to go to the, to the temple. And at the time, the Kamapa was there and he was going to be doing blessings. And of course, I didn't know anything about the Kamapa. And I learnt through those travels that the Kamapa is the head of the Buddhist faith who will replace the Dalai Lama till the next Dalai Lama is found. Oh, okay. And he's got quite a reputation, this young Kamapa. He's a very good-looking, gorgeous young man, um, listens to hip-hop music, and mm. apparently he's quite a modern guy. And I didn't know anything about him, but the Buddhist, the Buddhist students knew everything about him. And so I went over, very unexpected, and I remember my friend saying to me, whatever you do, don't look at him and don't, don't touch him and he'll give you this little red knotted thing and do as you're told. And I thought, yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to have a look at him. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give him a huge hug. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I thought, yeah, whatever. Not buying into all these stories. And it was, it was a bit of a lesson in the sense that when I saw him, I physically couldn't look up and look him in the face. Oh. It was a very strange experience. 
And I remember at the time he handed me my little red knotted cord and I touched his hand and I remember thinking, oh, you're just like a human being. (laughs) Goodness knows what I thought it was going to be. But I remember I walked outside onto the deck of the veranda to, to look back in to see him and bang, it just hit me. And I just, I cried for four days straight after having met him. And I realized later that he just had so much compassion and love and he just opened my heart. It was just an incredible person. I'm going to have to go to the first song. I don't want to interrupt you. (laughs) You just did. I know, but you know what I mean? I'm like, (laughs) oh, that's what I want to do. But anyway, we're playing the first song, which just so happens to be I Wish by One Direction. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 or 90.3, your community radio station. So, Louise, you came back. Hold on, before we ask Louise a question, I just want to comment on that song. Okay. That I actually really like One Direction. I think they're a great band and I know I'm a... Not their demographic, but I just like their song. <laughs> Do you know what? I like that too. I hadn't heard that before, so I'm going to write that down. I'm going to add that to my play- playlist. Yes. Okay, now you can ask Kaz. Sorry for interrupting you. you. So, Louise, you came back from India. Yeah, so just finishing that Obviously, story. Obviously, since she's here in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? I came back and it was such a, it was such a pivotal time. Like, it really... Having that meeting, it just really shifted me. It was amazing. And I came home and I remember um, I got back to my apartment. It was my birthday. And I was just sort of having one of those moments of reflection. And I remember looking out and thinking, you know what? It can't be the same as it was anymore. And Okay, what was it like before? I'd had some really personal struggles in my life, even though... What was your career? So I was a lawyer. Okay. I'd worked for one of the international firms. And on paper, Karen... I looked like I had it all together. Oh, I can relate to that. So many people do, don't they? Oh, yeah, you know, like I, I, I'd gone to law school, I had this fantastic job, I had money, I lived in a nice place, I had a great um, group of friends. My relationship wasn't going well, that was not good, um, but I wasn't happy in myself. I was you deeply, were yearning for something else. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I'd studied energy work and metaphysics and all those sorts of spiritual sort of conversations and, and, and that was where my heart was calling me. But most importantly, it was just like I wasn't, I wasn't deeply fulfilled with my life, mm. even though I ticked all those boxes. And what I realized was they were important to get me to there. But the truth was it got to a time in my life where I had to say, you know what, you're, you're the leader of your own life. You've got to make the choice for you. Mm. And I had to truly dig deep and go, you know what, I want to be happy. And I did. I, I, I made a wish on my birthday and I said, I wish that I could live my happiest life. Oh, my God, that is so powerful. Yeah, it's exactly what I did. And But everyone would have said, but why aren't you happy? You've got the salary, you've got the job, yeah. you've got the house, you've got the friends. And that's it. We, we're looking for looking it the in the wrong place. places. We think that things are going to give us happiness, our fulfillment. Mm, that's right. And the thing is, it's not that those things along the way didn't point me towards happiness. But when I got there, I realized a lot of the decisions I'd made were about external judgments that I thought that people would think better of me if I did that or I chose something that was hard because you know I'd look good or it'd give me a certain lifestyle or a career Mm. and then the other maybe because being a lawyer people expected you to dress this way live in a place like this 
do that, you know. Yeah, and you know the funny thing, Kaz, is that as a younger person, I chose that because that is what I felt was going to be the right thing for yeah. me. But suddenly I remember getting to a stage and I remember looking out the window and I did, I had the whole, like like I said, on paper it looked fantastic. I had this beautiful Harbour View office looking over the yeah. Opera House and the Harbour Bridge. And But the truth was I was unhappy. Mm. When yep. I was really honest with myself, I wasn't satisfied. I wasn't fulfilled. There was something bigger in my life. I so, were to do. you using substances to make you happy, like extra alcohol or other sort of things? I'd be lying if I said I didn't like a drink at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. But and did you need the drink at the end of the day? I didn't need it, but I found I got into very bad habits. It became my social life. So, yes, when you're a young yep. lawyer, you work very, very long hours, mm. but you suddenly realise just because you're in a high-rise office building and you're wearing a suit doesn't mean you're not being exploited. And it was a it was a strange situation to find yourself in as a very clever, intelligent person with a lot of choice available to you to feel very trapped. And oh, How did I no, get here? No, I can <laughs> so relate. Yeah. yeah, and the thing is, at, at the time that I'd finished law school was the early 90s, so the economy wasn't great. You took a job, you did yeah. What you could to get should be just, grateful you have a job. But also you just did all that study, like, you know. Yeah, that's right. So, you know. But you also sold the fact that that was your social life. So mm. it was a lot of ego involved in the yeah. sense that everyone thought you were great and crazy and you worked these crazy hours and you bought into the whole story that it was so, you know, exciting and... And then that wore off after about two years, three years. And then you were like, you know, it's nine o'clock at night and I'm going back to the office. Or yeah. you go across the road and have a couple of drinks with some friends and you were doing it four or five times a week and that became your social life and, and it became quite insular. And so mm. for me, I was wanting something more expansive, something a little bit bigger in my life. Okay, so, so when you went to India, were you still working as a lawyer? Yes, I was. Okay. So you went for how long? I just went for about, I think I was there about six, eight weeks. Okay. And then you came back. So, so what I, was your journey from there? So when I came back and I made that wish on my birthday, yeah, that was in the October. And then literally fast forward a few months and I woke up in the middle of the night with... And that's what happened, yeah. With yeah. the wish. And, and I'm not kidding. From the moment I woke up and I got given that, my life completely changed focus. Every morning I woke up and all that drove me was the wish, the wish, the wish, the wish, the so wish. So go to wish. work and, and, and get home again and work on the wish again. Yeah. At the time, I, um, I wasn't working mainstream law. I was, I'd moved into a career. I was in commercial, mm. a commercial director. Uh, but I just knew as soon as I got up, that was it. Bang. I was, it was on the exit strategy then. I was going to be doing something else with yeah. my life. And then I just Being spent true the next to three months. Yep, spent three months. And, and it's crazy, right, because I'd not done anything creatively like yeah. that. I, did, I went and designed it. I went found out it was a crazy story but I spent three months I got designers I understood about manufacturing I did the whole lot and Mm. I did prototypes not even knowing what it was so I did a whole prototype of the game not knowing it was a game and I even did a 40 page blank booklet not knowing what was on the booklet so that was an incredible leap of faith but what I realized at the time was I'd been given this back the front so that I couldn't interfere with what I'd been given Oh. oh, that's interesting. Can you say that again and explain what that means? So the one thing that it, when you play the wish game, you realise it's like a mirror. It reflects back to you yes. everything mm-hmm. you need to yes. learn. Yes. Well, that's exactly how they gave me the game. They gave it to me in pieces back to front, so I had to unravel and look at it and become present to it. So it wasn't like when you normally create something, you think you start from step one and go one, two, three, yeah, four, five. Yeah, chronologically, yeah. I got the end the result, result and, I had, and to I had to go back to the present moment. So how did you figure it out? Was it, That was that way 
Oh, they were very clear. Just the way they kept, unfolded. Yeah, it's the way they unfolded. They kept giving me clues and information, and and it was like I was turning over pieces of a puzzle every time I. So one, not that one, like matching things. Yeah, that, no, that's yeah. not the one. That's yeah. right, exactly. And then oh, suddenly no. I'd get all the pieces, and then it all came together. And then there was one piece missing, and that was the instructions. <laughs> oh wow! And that was the last piece, and oh. and when I put it all together, it was like, oh wow! And I said, what is this? I remember saying to myself, thinking, what is this? And they said, it's a game. And I said, a game? Why on earth would you give me a game? And they said, it's time to lighten up. You're taking life a bit too seriously. You know what I'd like to say, actually? It's time that you showed your true True colours. And that's the song by Cindy Lauper we're about to play now. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on 88.7 and 90.3, your community radio station. Louise, that song that you chose, amazing. Yeah, True Colours is one of my favourite songs. I just really love Cindy Lauper. Uh, people might have seen her on, um, I think it was 60 Minutes a few weeks ago. Yes, And she talked about some of her um, spiritual journey and what she does. Mm-hmm. She's just a person for me that just really spoke to me about authenticity and that's what, one of the things that I probably felt on my personal journey, one of the hardest things. Yeah to really master and it sounds so crazy doesn't it to say how how do we struggle with being authentic but the truth is we don't know that we're not being authentic we are where we are at any point in time yeah. in our in our, in we're our development we're unconsciously incompetent <laughs> that's a nice way to put it yeah <laughs> well i remember one of my very good friends steph she'd said to me when i first launched the wish in 2008 she said to me at the time um it's going to take you a little bit of time to become authentic and I said what are you talking about I'm already authentic and she said no she was a communications director and she said to me no two years I think I said to her the other night at dinner probably took me closer to six or seven yeah to really be feeling in touch with my authenticity in a way where I feel incredibly comfortable with telling people who I am and what I what I do now and that evolves, but I think it, like a lot of people, when you first start having these spiritual conversations, and even the use of the word spiritual sounds a bit crazy. But it turns it, a lot of people off. Yeah, It does, and, um, and so I use lots of different words now. But when, when I was a baby lawyer, the idea of, of being a spiritually awake or consciously awake person, you know, I had, had a laugh. My brothers used to call me the crystal chick. Because I felt like my spiritual life was one part of my life and my business life was another part. And so I remember a time I felt like I was hiding in the spiritual closet. It was a weird thing. And I remember doing a chat one time about that. And when people um, heard about it, they were like, oh, my God, I'm so interested in that as well. And thank you for having that conversation. And thank you for being brave enough to talk about it. And now for me, especially with part of my my consulting, I do a lot of spiritual work in business. I don't always use spiritual terms necessarily about when I'm speaking about it, but it's about being present, making choices from the heart, really being truthful about what you're doing. So it's just a different level of language. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're in a boardroom and and dealing with senior people, they want to be able to relate to you in a way that doesn't feel threatening to them or that you relate to them where they are in their life. Yeah. I don't need to use a lot of spiritual terms necessarily, but the concepts and the themes and the messages that we're delivering are exactly the same. We just yeah. just use slightly different language. Is that easy for you to flick? It's the one life now. Karen. Okay, cool. So no, no, I'm I just felt, saying, like speaking one way, like with us who are more conscious, and then speaking to people who are less conscious, changing your language. 
Yeah, is, I find, is that quite easy? Yeah, it is now. It's much easier now. At first, when I started, I think I felt a little bit clunky with it. Yeah. I was sort of – I could I could hear myself almost stop and take that extra moment to sort of think, oh, how do I reword that or how do yeah, I reposition it? Yeah, and now it just flows. It? You know, now within mm. five or six, six breaths, <laughs> I'm into – you know, what's your heart telling you? What's yes. it feel like? Yes. What's the best answer? Yes. Be present with it. You know, that's not the right answer. That's a block, you know. So yeah. I don't hide any of that now. Yeah. And, I'm, and also a lot of my clients are very interested now straight away about what they see as my alternate life. And I say to them, it's not alternate. This is it. There's only one life. And it took a while for me to get to that. Instead of having two parts of my life, yeah. yep. that was a lesson. It was like all of it's one life. Yep. And it just mm. flavors the whole lot. Oh, I like that. Mm. Mm. So much so. Love it. You are where I want to be. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean, Karen? That's a huge compliment, actually. That means that on the journey that I'm on, because I was a CFO of a publicly listed company, and the things I want to do is to take my new understandings back into a professional space about helping women to be true to who they are. Um, and that's why I'm saying you are where I want to be. Great. Then come and have a chat afterwards and we'll mm. get you moving on that. There's plenty of things Thank I can you. help you do on that. Thank you. And now I'm going to throw your arms around me. <laughs> oh, this is my favourite. By the song. hunters and collectors, <laughs> our Australian artist of this week. Yep, tell us why you chose this one, Louise. This is my favourite song of all time. It's... Um, a song that I really grew up with when I was at university. And, and for me, it just reminds me of those, that time in my life where I just felt like the whole whole of my life was ahead of me. It was a really exciting time. I was in Sydney for the first time. I was at uni and I just had a fantastic life and I had so much opportunity. And it just was a, a time in my life where I got to explore who I was going to be. And, and, yeah, I just could take some risks in a very safe environment, really. But just, yeah, just to play and push the boundaries a bit and understand who you were and yeah it was just fantastic it just always made me feel incredibly uplifting uplifted and happy and free and you know I was even thinking as I was driving here today I you know was thinking about when we used to go and see those bands play live just at DY and yeah yeah it was so much fun I was was gonna say back at the um the old pub yeah was it the and the the sand they used to play at the sand the parkway I can't remember I don't yeah, know. I wasn't here. I'm going back a long time. I'm going yeah. back a long time. Those of you who were there who heard me, I was always a huge Mark Seymour fan. <laughs> he used to wear these fantastic Melbourne Fire Brigade T-shirts and my friends and I used to drool over Mark Seymour, my first <laughs> big celebrity crush, if you're listening, Mark. I'm still a fan. <laughs> well, let's hear and, it. And that's when she was wishing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Enjoy. big wishes then. <laughs> Welcome back. You're listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. Please like us on our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. So we're back now after listening to our beautiful Australian bands, Hunters and Collectors. I just would like to share this Napoleon Hill quote, if that's all right for everybody. Do not confuse the word belief with the word wish. The two are not the same. The element of faith is the only sure power by which a wish may be translated into belief and a belief into a reality. Thoughts, ladies? Comments? Napoleon had it right? 
considering he wrote his amazing book in, what, 1939 or something? Hmm. So I really agree with Napoleon Hill. I love his work. Yeah. So, so what I'd say about wishing is that we've been taught when we were younger that it's wishful thinking, that it can't really happen. And that's... Mm, that's that's where, a term you hear a lot, isn't it? Yeah, mm. and, and that's not true. It's, it's, wishing is about a creative process that helps you be bigger than where you are at the moment. And the truth is when you understand that there's a power there, this universal power that we can tap into, that's actually the faith. That's the belief. It's that there's something bigger than me that if I communicate two-way with that field, if I start to learn how to communicate really powerfully and effectively with that, then I can use that energy and tap into that, into that wisdom and that power within myself, which is reflected by universe showing us that in our life every day. When I have that understanding, that faith, then I start to create something incredibly powerful. And that's what the wish is about. It's about helping you tap into that and then look at what stops you from bringing that into your reality. So when we play the wish, that's yeah. what we do. It's, okay, we okay. get very clear. I was going to ask you that. like you know. Yeah, no, we get very clear, Louise. Yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, we get very clear that we make a wish mm-hmm. and that's about getting present about what's going to make our heart super happy. Yeah. In this present moment. And the great bit about wishing is you can wish over and over and over. But we wish one. with one wish at a time. And you wish for what is it that my heart is saying to me I'd like to experience most in my life now. And when we play the game, the game shows you as a reflection through the cards that you pick up as you play what is stopping us in our thinking or our old way of behaving or our judgments or whatever mm. it is, our old negative behavior that stops us from allowing us to experience that in our life right now. So when we start to bring that into our awareness, we can see it for what it is. It's just a story. It's just old energy. It's a block that we have in our thinking or, our, or the way we've been taught to behave. It's just an illusion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And people hear illusions, they go, yeah, well, what does that mean? It just means we've been programmed to think it means a certain thing, which is not true. Mm. <laughs> it's just, it's like taking a photo and thinking that's the only way that picture can be seen. So what we do is when we bring that to your awareness, you start to see there's lots of different ways to look at that same Mm. information. And when we do that, that opens us up to lots of different options. And when we do that, we let go of the limited thinking. And when we let go of limited thinking, the universe can show us, wow, there's a different way for this to turn up. And that's the purpose of the game. It helps you clear the mental blocks and the blocks in our old way of being and behaving what I call limiting beliefs, limiting behaviors, so that we're clear. And if we clear that path, guess what? We can now be aligned with the energy of that wish actually coming into our life. We haven't put barriers in the way of it. And so when we do that, it's like lining up energetically with the same energy of the wish. And we've heard the old saying of like attracts like. Yes. yes. So when we take anything out of the way that blocks yep. it, like attracts like, and we can just bring that, that wish experience into the present moment, which mm. means we get to experience. Now, that's a fantastic thing. It, it's not wishful thinking. It's wish coming true mm. in your life and having that experience. Why is that a good thing? Because it's going to make you happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And that's what we hear about. It's about the wish teaches you how to get into a rhythm and into a practice of starting to allow yourself to have the experiences in life that will help you fully express who you are as a person and expand consciously. Mm. And that's a beautiful thing. And Karen and I have played the wish a few times and I must admit it's been, Wow amazing for a start but then uh when we've wished for things and put it out there and but then to be aware of those things as they are coming to you and happening they come quite quickly actually the last the last time we played it this is kim our intuitive friend 
Her wish came true the next day. Yes. It was amazing. Yes. And, and a lot of people think wishes are going to be a long time coming, and that's not true. The more mm. you get into a habit of understanding that you have an incredible power to tap into and that you can change the way things are, and the universe reflects that when you change your energy, and that's all it is. It's just yes. energy. Mm. But you, we've not been taught how to do that in a powerful and a positive way. Mm. But once you realize how easy it is to do it, then you go, well, this just becomes part of my life. Yeah. And, yes. And then you just start to, I know you did manifesting last week, but it's yeah. the same thing. It's manifesting yeah. is actually an important thing for us to learn on our spiritual journey. It's actually us understanding how to tap into a two-way conversation with mm. the universe. Yes. And then we start to get into habit of going, great, I'm creating my life and the universe reflects it. And that's what wishing's about. It gets yeah. you into the habit of starting to understand how do you develop a process where... I create my own life. I co-create it with the universe, and that's what we're doing. But mm. we're showing you a very simple way to clear the blocks out of the way so yeah. you can have those things come up. And it, I find it really uh, beneficial when we play it with a few of us. Oh, yes, yes. I don't know and, what... And, and you have an app as well? Yes, we have an app. And do people play it by, that, by themselves? It's, yes, you play the app by yourself, it's, okay, and it's great just on your phone. Oh, I'd have to look into that because yeah. I know when we do it um, I, I three like of doing us, it with a group. I'm sometimes not quite sure. Um, and by just talking to Karen and Kim as we're playing it, then they say, well, no, how do you feel? What's your heart saying? And, and all of a sudden what I was probably thinking was going to be my wish actually changes. I, I don't know. It's So one of the things I, I say when you play the wish game, with, which we play the original game is a board game, as yeah. you know, um, is that often people can see things that you can't because yes. you're in it. You're so subjective. That's, yeah, sort, of, that's yeah. sort of what, I'm, that's sort of what I mean. Exactly, yeah. and it's yeah. helpful because... It's easy for other people to see things in you and to, to reflect that and help yeah. you and give you that feedback. Yeah. And when you're playing the wish game, you're actually playing not just your game, everyone else's game that's yes. playing with you because the way the game works, it works in terms of matching the energy. So when yes. you play a game, you're playing the themes and, and stories of everybody's game. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. Just, it's it's amazing. There's messages for all of you. That's right. They, it might be at one person, but you can take it on as well. Well, that's right. And yes. remember, it's really important to to remember why the guides have done that with us. And it's because it's a collective conscious yes. consciousness, right? Yeah. So we're having collective conversations. So yeah. when we realize that we're all connected, mm. the game is a really great way for us to have that conversation because you're me and I'm you and yes. we're all connected mm. in terms of what's happening. Yeah. So if you're shifting something or you're turning up and showing me something, that's something in me as well. Yes. So it's great because when you play, like, so say you play with three other people, well, in effect, you're playing four games all at yeah. one time. So that's one of the things that I love best about the game is it doesn't take you a long time to move through things. And like you said, Karen, you don't take a long time to manifest the wish. That's the difference. Mm. Yeah. Totally. Oh, it's just, it's amazing. It is we amazing. Just love it. And we're going to have to go on to our fourth song, but I want to keep talking. <laughs> oh, and this fourth song, can I just say, yes, which we're going to play. It. And did um, Louise choose yes, this song? Yes, Louise Okay, did. Lanterns with uh, Birds of Tokyo. This has been played quite a few times um, on our show, so it and clearly the first resonates with Deb, a lot yeah. of people. Deb Shepherd was the first one that brought it to our attention. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. Deb Shepherd. Yeah, we all love Deb Shepherd. So enjoy, everybody. Welcome back. You've been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz on Radio Northern Beaches 88.7 and 90.3. If there's something that you've really enjoyed in our show today and you'd like to follow up on that, please go to our Facebook page, Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom. Love the song. 
Yeah. Love it. So, Louise, I heard and uh, from a friend of mine who actually introduced us and the reason why you're sitting opposite us today, mm-hmm. um, that your guides had said to you you're going to meet Deepak Chopra, Eckhart Tolle and Oprah Winfrey. Mm-hmm. Have you met them all? I haven't met Oprah, but I obviously know Deepak. I've been working at the Chopra Centre since 2010 and my last trip to LA I just met Eckhart. Wow. So no, no Amazing. Yet, but, but that's okay. She's coming. She's coming. Um, I, was, I was told a couple of years ago, actually, that Oprah was going to call me. And I just went, she can call me anytime she wants to. <laughs> Oprah, and, if you're and, listening, uh, call yeah, Karen. Exactly. So, I'm, and I'm waiting. It will happen. And it's all about trust, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You know, it's, it, it's a funny thing. I had a, a funny little story about the Oprah stuff. I, I remember when after I'd just been given the wish, I got a very clear sort of message about that too with Oprah Winfrey and and um, I remember a few people sort of rang me to tell me very quickly, oh, you've missed the opportunity because her show finished. And it's She's a, still got her super souls on oh, Sunday Oh, yeah, she does, yeah. but yeah. at the time she had her old yeah. show. And it was funny, I remember people saying that to me and and I just got a very strong message going, no, 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 no. There's she a does a lot picture. of stuff with Deepak Chopra though. Yeah, she does, but at the time people were sort of thinking, you know, I'd said I wanted to be on a show and things like that. And it was just a good test of faith because um, I remember when I'd heard the news that the show was finishing after 25 years and I went to her website and I pressed on a video and it was when she was launching the own Oprah Winfrey Network. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I remember pressing that video and it was like someone just opened double doors and I just remember going, oh, this just got a whole lot bigger. Oh, wow. And it was interesting because it's – it's so if anyone's listening to when people knock you about that or they don't believe or what's happening, stay really true to what you hear, what you know in your heart was right. Because I could have bought into everybody else's story and said, oh, I know, yeah, I've missed it. And I knew that I hadn't. And part of me knew – years ago that was going to take me some time to do it and it will just be when it's going to be Mm. and it's going to be the perfect timing and you can't rush it and it's easy to say that once you've done a few years under your belt but they say you know any overnight success takes at least 10 years yes but the truth is it's just going to be perfect it'll be when it is and and I'll meet who when I'm meant to yeah and um and the difference is I have sponsors that will support me to be successful with that over a longer term and and it's just one milestone in my life it's not it's not like I get to her and then that's it. It's just she's an incredibly amazing person. I, I have the utmost respect for her. I just think she's yeah, so do amazing I. what she's done in the world. We I mean, saw seriously. her when she was here in December. It was an amazing night. Yeah. I went to that in December too. Yeah. Yes. That was amazing. I spoke, yeah. saw her speaking soon. She was phenomenal. She was. Yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah, and we, we couldn't stop talking about oh, her. Could no. we? Yes. Yeah. It just felt like you knew her personally. Yeah. Like, oh. Brilliant. You know, brilliant. Yeah. I love yeah. We couldn't understand why people in Melbourne were complaining that, that she stood there and spoke for two hours. Oh, we were like, good. it was great. Well, that's what we expected. Yeah. Well, I took all my wish teachers. That was their graduation present. I took oh, all, nice. my, all my wish teachers to see Oprah in Sydney, flew them all in from all over the place. So wow. it was fantastic fun. We had a great night. Yeah. Okay. So did we. So a lot of the times we asked our guests financial freedom. If they had it, what is it? Do they have it? For what you, would you do if you had what, it? What does financial freedom mean? Well, I'm very lucky to say that I do have financial freedom in my life. And it's come from a lot of hard work. Yes. It's not an overnight. I've worked very hard to, to be where I'm at. But for me, financial freedom is having a choice to do what I want to do in any moment. Mm. And 
that doesn't mean that I'm going to go and buy a $10 million house or things like that. But it's, am I doing with my life what I really want to do every day without compromise? Yep. And my answer is yes, I am. Yes. And a lot of people make a mistake of thinking it has to be on a massively grand scale. But the truth is, and I teach this when I, when I do my financial freedom course, is it's the trick with anything that you're doing with energy. You need to get the vibration of that right. But if you get it right on a small scale, then all you need to do is turn up the volume of it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's great. But you have to start, am I being truthful about what I'm doing? Am I, am I living somewhere I want to live? Am I spending my time doing what I want to do? Am I you know, doing the work that makes me feel fulfilled? It's those sorts of things. Am I making really sensible choices that make me feel wealthy? I love it. See, that's what a lot of people mix. Yeah. It's, am I energetically wealthy? Yes. Am I energetically free in the choices that I'm making? It doesn't always mean there's dollars involved. It means, am no, I yeah. energetically feeling full and free and happy with what I'm doing? And when you are, the dollars just flow. <laughs> and then the, and the dollars yes. come with it. But the dollars will reflect you holding that state of energy. Yes. If you don't hold that state of energy, you can't reflect that in your financial wealth. See, the more present you are, the more you're in flow. Yes. And the more clear you are in your awareness, the clearer you flow. The stronger your awareness, the stronger the flow. And that happens with money. I the love more it. you feel wealthy, yeah. the more the money, money gets comes reflected you. back yeah. to you because the universe goes, they're holding a state of financial freedom. Yeah. And when they do that, you never give them more than you can handle. So as soon as you hold that energetically, the universe has no choice but to reflect that back to you. Mm, I, love I love that. It. Yes, so and it, do I. And it does come back to... But you're never of, given a wish without also being given the power to make it come true. That's it. Yeah. That's right. I love it. And it all comes from your heart. All comes from the heart. Listen the heart's to your the heart. compass. Oh, you have 30 seconds to give an inspiring gem to our listeners that they can take with us because we are out of time. <laughs> so my gem would be wish with all your heart and wish big. Don't listen to what anyone else tells you you should or shouldn't do. Really listen to what your heart is telling you is truthful and is right for you in this moment and just go for that because you can't make a mistake with that. Your heart will always lead you to truth and happiness. Yeah. No one else can do that for you. You must do it yourself and you have to own it 100%. And don't it. listen to anyone else with the naysayers. If that's what you've got around you, then just keep it to yourself. Beautiful. And seek out people that will really champion and support you to, to live your truth and be authentic because that's the only thing that matters in your life. That's the only thing that's going to keep you totally happy and healthy and free. Wow, that's Love amazing. It. So, so where can people contact you? Do you have a website? The I wish, do, I the... do. We have the Wish 8. It's the, T-H-E, Wish, W-I-S-H, number 8.com. You can also find me on Facebook. I'm eight. Uh, that's probably the quickest way to get me. Yeah, and we'll also have a link on our Inspiring Pearls, Pearls of Wisdom, Wisdom Facebook page as well. Will. For people that want to know more about the game and more and about Louise, And Louise, because you're an amazing person. Oh, we could and talk to you for hours. reckon we're you definitely so having sweet. you back if your time allows. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would love to come back. I, I've had so much fun. It's been great. Thank you so much for having me. No, this has been fantastic. So and our last song, Cats. Our last song today. By Pete Murray, Australian artist. We always like to play at least one Australian artist on our show for yes, the day. Yes, we do. And it's aptly called Free. So enjoy, everybody.
You have been listening to Inspiring Pearls of Wisdom with Karen and Kaz. Until next time, may your days be filled with love and gratitude. And remember, we'll see you in the mirror. Namaste. I bow to the divine in you.